have to apologize tonight. Tonight I am not as prepared as normal, which is to say, not really prepared. But let's go through some, some shilas that I got this week, and maybe we can uh, work on them together, because we need to work on them together. So one, uh, one question that came up this week, maybe I'll just mention a few, and then we'll, uh, we'll, you'll tell me which one you want to talk about. So I'll just mention a few different questions that come off the top of my head. As I was running out of the house, I grabbed a couple of sarms that I think might have something related to these shilas, so we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so one, one question that came up came up in yeshiva this last week in, uh, in, in, in the school where I teach, in the high school. There is a boy in the school who is a uh, special needs student, and he manages to function in a regular high school, even though he has significant uh, special needs, and the, the other Talmudim are really fantastic with him. They're really great with him. You know, like they have a, uh, a football tournament every, every year on the Shabbaton, and somehow, even though the kid can't really play football all that well, he somehow scores all the touchdowns and wins the MVP every year. You know, they're really, really good with this guy. And the, the, uh, the, the, his classmates kibitz with him in a, uh, you know, in a good way, in a, in a healthy way. The Rebbe oversees it very carefully, and he says it's a, it's a good kind of relationship that they have with him. So they were messing around with him before, uh, before Sheer one day. I don't know, someone was taking a video or something. I don't know what, exactly what was going on. I didn't get a clear picture of exactly what they were doing. But he got upset, and uh, he took someone's backpack, and he threw it on the floor. It was no big deal. So you pick up the backpack from the floor. When I was in school, that wasn't a big deal. Someone threw your backpack on the floor. That's what you would do with your own backpack, because it used to be there was such a thing called books, and that's what filled your backpack. But nowadays, what's in your backpack? Your iPad. So he threw the backpack on the floor, and they, the kid opened up his backpack, and his iPad was completely cracked. And you know, he felt like this kid owes him a new iPad. So the question is, um, does the does that boy own a new iPad? Do his parents owe him a new iPad, or is there no chiyuv whatsoever? Does the school bear any responsibility? That's question number one. What do we do about that case? Yeah. The person who insulted him was different than the person who lost whose iPad was broken. No, same. Yeah, yeah. To what extent is he, is he mentally special needs or? Is yeah, he no, mentally special needs. Emotional. Yeah. What? Oh, okay. So, okay. This is all going to be part of the conversation. You want to discuss this first before we get into the other shilas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to just hear what else? Yeah. Hear what else there is. Okay. Another, uh, another, another school-related situation. A rebbe, um, a rebbe took away a kid's phone because the kid had the phone out during shear. So the rebbe took away the phone. And uh, and then the kid was getting upset about it or something, so the rebbe threw it back at the kid. Here you can have it back. And he threw it at the kid, and the kid can't catch. Home landed on the floor in a million pieces. Okay, great. So now what? Who's responsible to? Uh, is the rebbe responsible to pay for that? Is he not responsible? Or an alternative that happened a couple of years ago? I remember because I was the Rebbe, I, I never take away things. I always tell the kid, I'll open up the drawer like this, and I'll say, do me a favor, put your phone in the drawer, and you'll remember to take it when you're... Oh, yeah? Okay. <laughs> Good kids. So, uh, and I'll tell him, you know, you'll remember to take it when, when she is over. So uh, he forgot. So I, I made him put it in the drawer. He forgot to take it when she was over. We came back a little while later, and it was gone. So, am I responsible for that? Is he responsible for that? If I took it away from him, am I responsible for that? 
what exactly is the story with that? What if he was doing nothing wrong and it's just school policy? You put your phone in the drawer. Um, okay, so that's uh, that's another phone-related question, also a very similar question. Then I got a question this week. Um, a woman was had was driving and she was rear-ended by a yeshiva bacher driving a little faster than she was driving apparently, um, and he uh, he smashed up her car. And I think normally most accidents they rule as like no fault and, you know, you split the difference. But this was pretty obvious that it was his fault. He was just probably texting and, you know, he didn't know to stop in time. And he rear-ended her car. And he said, oh, please don't go through insurance. I don't want to report this to insurance because, um, whatever, he's 18 and he wouldn't drive till you know, his parents wouldn't let him drive again until he's like 50 if, uh, if this was reported to insurance. So he did not want this to go through insurance, please. So she said, okay, if you're willing to pay for it, you know, I'm willing to, to work with you. And she went and she got two estimates. One was for $800, and the other estimate was for $1,700. Um, the $1,700 estimate was the one she was more comfortable with. She's, <laughs> she, uh, she was more comfortable with that, with that place. Now, in the meantime, while the car was getting fixed, she didn't rent a car. She borrowed a car from a friend. The place that did an estimate for $1,700, and listen carefully because this will never happen again. As long as you live, you'll never hear this. The mechanic gave an estimate for $1,700, then called her up after the repair was done and said, it was a less complicated repair than I had anticipated. <laughs> it's only $900. <laughs> Is that amazing? So, I mean, the fact that he double shot the, the, uh, the original estimate, but still, he called it $900. was, was all the, the entire cost of the repair. So the guy had already given her 1700 because she told him that the estimate was 1700 so he already gave her a check for 1700 So obviously she's got to return the 800 right? But she said, can I deduct the amount that it would have cost me for a rental? Can I take some payment for uh, the time and effort that I spent not going through insurance and having to deal with things? Or do I have to give him back the full, the full 800 So these are the... Uh, what else do I have? Oh, another Shiloh guy was asked to do... His mother sent him to the Kaili Mikvah to tovel some Kalim. And he comes back from the Kaili Mikvah, and the mother says, you did a terrible job. There's a sticker on the back of, uh, on the back of one of the, one of the Kalim. And he said, yeah, I peeled off the sticker. It's just a little bit of glue. No one cares. She's like, no one cares. I care. So and I, I would never, you know, I would not be happy serving in such a dish. And the, the kid's like, Come on, in yeshiva we do much worse, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't at all concerned about the, uh, the little bit of, you know, stuck onto the back of the dish. So he wanted to know, does that, that require another tefillah? Is the tefillah ola, does the tefillah work if his mother cares, but he doesn't care? So we have to figure that one out. Okay, uh, that's enough to start with. If I think of more, I'll tell you more. So which one do you want to uh, begin with? Oh boy, oh boy. All those in favor of number one, please raise your hand. Number two, I don't even remember what number two was. <laughs> number three, and number four. All right, four is easiest, so we'll start with number four. Okay, the background to number four is Tevilas Kalim. So, why was he asking? What, what kind of Shiloh is this? I care, my mom doesn't care. Is it Kibbutz Aim Shiloh? What is it? So, it's not a Kibbutz Aim Shiloh, it's a Tevilas Kalim Shiloh. The Allah is by Tevilah, not just by Tevilas Kalim, Tevilas people also. The Allah is in order for a Tevilah to work, uh, you can't have a Chatzitza. How do we define Chatzitza? So, there's a Gemara Mesechas Erevin and a Gemara Mesechas Sukkah. Gemara appears in a couple of places in Shas that tells us that Mida or Raisa, in order for something to be considered a chatzitza, it has to be something that covers 
rove of the body, and and the person is makbid. He doesn't want it on his body. So if a person were to decide that they want to go to the mikvah in full scuba gear, that would be chatzitza mida oraisa, because scuba gear covers the majority of your body, and it's something that you typically don't walk around with, so you're sometimes makbid not to have it there. Because like you wouldn't go to a chasna in scuba gear, although it would be a good shtick, right? So, so be, that, that would be a chatzitza mida oraisa. Midra banan, the Gemara says, a chatzitza is either or. Either it covers over the body, or it's something that one is makbid about. Now that is a much more common kind of chatzitza, but only one of those kinds. You very rarely have something that covers the majority of the body that you're not makbid about, that you're just always happy to have there. Um, you much more commonly have something that covers a minority of the body, a tiny part of the body, but you are makbid about. Uh, you have a bandage, a, you know, stitches that are going to need to be taken out, something like that, uh, braces, Something like that. It's a minority of the body, but you are makbid about it. So that's a dirt under the fingernails, things like that. That's a much more common kind of chatzitza. I once thought I had a shayla of rubo she'eno makbid. I was all excited because uh, a woman called me up. She was making a bar mitzvah. And I didn't know people do this, but apparently they do. She was making a bar mitzvah and she wanted to look good for the pictures. So she got a spray tan in order to look, because we live in New York, not in California, so she's going to get the real tan, so she got a spray tan in advance of the bar mitzvah. And she then had to go to the mikvah. Uh, the, she got the spray tan, let's say, I don't know, a week before the bar mitzvah, and she had to go to the mikvah two nights before her kid's bar mitzvah, or something like that. So she wanted to know the spray tan was still on her, whether that's a chatzitza. So I was thinking, wow, this might be my first rubo she'eno maknid. She always wants it there. She always wants to look this good. But it's rover the body. But then I did some research. I was very disappointed to discover that the spray tan just becomes part of your skin. It's not something external to the skin at all. And in fact, the way that, you, that it goes away is when your skin sheds. You naturally you don't even realize it. Your skin is shedding constantly. So when a couple of layers of skin shed, that's when the spray tan goes away. So it wasn't a chatzitza at all. Okay, so I was disappointed. So there's another kind of chatzitza. You have a miyut. Hamakbid. Mira Makbid is a, is, a, is a genuine chatzitza. And if a woman discovers after she goes to the mikvah that there's a Mira Makbid, that there's chatzitza that covers the Mira of a body that she's Makbid about, she would have to go to the mikvah again. She would have to go to the mikvah again. We, we, we require that. It could be very depressing and upsetting if she was ready with her husband, if she finds a Mira Makbid, and after already being with her husband, we therefore recommend that a, that, uh, that a woman should not be looking for chatzitos after going to the mikvah. The time to look for chatzitos is before going to the mikvah. There's a famous story with Ramordech Eliyahu. I don't know if it's famous, but I tell it a lot. So, um, <laughs> you know the story? Yeah, I heard it. I heard Which year? I told you in... Uh, OCD and Ah, okay. Famous story with Ramordech Eliyahu, where uh, Ramordech Eliyahu, there was a rav who was getting shimish from Ramordech Eliyahu, and, uh, you know, had a paskin shaylas, and he was answering Ramordech Eliyahu's phone. So he answers the phone, and it's a woman saying, I just got back from the mikvah, and I think I found a chatzitza, something in my teeth. I don't know, this, that. So he said, it sounds like a really good shayla. Let me, you know, I have to ask her up. So he puts her on hold, and he says, uh, harav. you know, there's a woman on the phone. She says this whole story, and he says the whole story with the chatzitza. And Ramor Chaleo says, is it Mrs., uh, let's, let's say a name that is definitely not, Goldberg. <laughs> it certainly wasn't Mrs. Goldberg calling Ramor Chaleo. Let's say Mrs. Uh, Levtov. I don't know, is it Mrs. whatever, is it Mrs. so-and-so? So, so, uh, so the guy says, I don't know. He 
picks up the phone and says, this Mrs. whatever, she says, yeah. So, he says, like, he's like, nutty, that's unbelievable. So he says, uh, yeah, it is. He says, tagid la shezehaya tapuach. Tell her it was the apple. He's like, tapuach? I sound like a deranged person. <laughs> Tell her it was the apple. So he says, tagid la shezehaya tapuach. Okay, Mordechai Leo says, so maybe it's some sort of mofes. So he picks up the phone and says, Sicha, givarit harava mar shezehaya tapuach. So she says, ah, toda, toda. And she hangs up the phone and everything's good. So he says, what was that all about? So Mordechai Eliyahu says, this woman has what's called OCD. And every time after she goes to the mitzvah, she invents a problem in her mind. She really thinks she found the problem. So I told her long ago that every time you go to the mikvah, you should bring with you in your bag an apple. And right after you come out of the mikvah, you, you, you get dressed and you eat the apple right away. And that way, every time she goes to the mikvah, I tell her, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a chatzitz, but it only came later. It was the apple. It came after you went to the mikvah. So I told this to, uh, to one of my chassadim that I was teaching, and he said that, that his kala told him that her teacher, I don't remember which kala teacher it was, said that she knows of mikvahs that give out chewing gum on, uh, on the way out for that same reason, to create a chashash a chatzitz so that you, if you, in case you have any, any concerns... So, okay, so this is the story with uh, with the miyuta makvid. Um, so if you have, so the same is true with kalim. If a kli has a miyuta makvid, it's a chatzitza on the kli. Now, with a human being, it's easier to define what's called a miyuta makvid because it depends on what you're makvid about. Although that's not entirely true, uh, it may depend on what normal people are makvid about. Meaning, if you have a person who says, you know, I don't mind that I uh, that I have. Um, no a clown nose on. That's the way I like to walk around. I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. So uh, I don't know why that came into my head, but <laughs> that's that's the way I like to, to walk around. I have no problem with that at all. I I, I would go to a chasana like this. I have no problem. It wouldn't be an, an issue at all. But normal people don't walk around that way, and that's not so. But the daita it's a das rov adam. The only exception Shulchan says that if let's say um, the woman doesn't mind having paint on her fingertips. Because she's a painter. That's what she does all day. And all painters don't mind having paint on their fingertips because that's the profession. They always have, so if a, an entire class of people or an entire category of people would all not, of reasonable people, would all not mind this chatzitza, so that's called eno makbid. But typically it's, it's uh, based on what would be normal to be, uh, to be makbid of that. So over here, the same would, be, would apply by Kelim Lechora, that by Kelim Echatzitza, that's a miyut she'eno makbid would not be a problem, but a miyut ha-makbid is a problem. So you try to pull off the stickers on the back of the kli, and you, know, you, you scrape off whatever glue is left from those stickers. Sometimes they get really annoying, and you try to scrape off as much as you can. So sometimes you're successful, and sometimes you'll notice there's a little bit left on the bottom, and there's a little bit left on the bottom of the kli afterwards. Most of the time, I think we can safely say that that's a miyut she'eno makbid. But what about this case? For the mother whose kli it was, it's a miyacheno matbid. For the boy, it's, uh, and for the mother, it's a miyacheno matbid. She is matbid, she doesn't want, I would never serve a kli, it's going to stick to the tablecloth, because a little, whatever she's concerned about. But for the boy, he's, no way he'd be matbid about that. Have you seen what his room looks like? He's, he's not matbid about little things like this. So he's not, not at all matbid. So, and he's the one doing the tevila, he's the one saying the bracha, he's the one. So which one do you go, so there are three possibilities. Either go with the boy, you go with the mother, or das rov adam, whatever whatever would be considered normal. So what do you think of here? Is the boy of the mother? Maybe that would. 
the boy is definitely a shliach of the mother. Ah, so his da shouldn't matter. Now I've got to go a step further. Can a guy do tefillas kalim for you? Yeah. So yeah. Now you can't you can't trust him as a shliach. You don't have a chazak shliach also shlichusho with a guy. So you need yisholom uh, al gabav, but not because not because um, you know the, the, it, you need your ma'isa. It doesn't need a ma'isa yehudi to do it. A guy could be doing it. It's just that there's no chazak shliach also So you can't trust that he actually did it just because he said he did it. Especially a lot of times, you know, you can explain to a guy that it makes a difference. And he'll say, "Okay, I did it." You know, what you don't know can't hurt you. Like, well, why? Why would he? Uh, it reminds me of like the the shir we had we discussed once at, at Pesach hotels where they found that the guy that was in charge of the Natilas Yadayim station. Um, where they had an Dam station, which one one bucket of, of fresh water and the other bucket where you wash into. So uh, so one sign said fresh water, the other one said uh, you know tame water or something. So uh, whenever it was finished, he would just switch the signs. <laughs> and people, <laughs> he figured, you know, but they don't know, can't hurt them, you know, it doesn't. So you have to you have to have a chazakishli chazuchusa doesn't apply by guys. So you have to have yisolo mid al So. The das is clearly the das of the uh, of the balakli over there. I would think that it's totally completely dependent. They're doing the shlichus of the of the of the Jew that the uh, that the, the das would be uh, based on the owner. That it doesn't really matter who's actually toveling the kli. That lechora would be would be irrelevant. My only suffix is I'm not sure. I don't think it's the das of the boy, but is it das rov bnei adam or is it das of the or is it the das of the of the owner of the kli? Now, normally we measure das rov bnei adam by by the owner of the kli because how are we going to figure out what's das rov bnei adam? You know, so we ask the person, would you be would you ever be embarrassed about this? Would you ever be mocked about it? Like Rabbi Willig always told us when uh, when when dealing with nidashailas, a lot of times a woman will come back from the mikveh and she'll say, I noticed a speck of nail polish on one of my fingers that you know was obviously it wasn't the apple. It's a speck of nail polish on one of my fingers that I obviously wasn't able to uh, didn't remove properly. So Rabbi Willig used to always tell us, as soon as she uses the word speck, then you know that it's okay. Because a speck means something tiny, you have to look like this to see if it's really there. She wouldn't be embarrassed to go out that way. So, but we, we usually measure it based on what a person says. Am I makhvid, am I not makhvid? So I think if the mother says she's makhvid, we can assume that most civilized uh, adults who uh, are, you know, try to cook in the pots, right? Who cook in the pots and clean the pots and, and are in, you know, do the presentation uh, for company and things like that. That's what we measure. We always ask by company. Would you be embarrassed if there was company there? And you still had so you have a sticker at the bottom of a pot. Probably you would be a little embarrassed that the sticker's still there when you have company over that you're trying to impress or something. But uh, if there's just a little bit of something you could barely even notice that it's there, you wouldn't be so mocked. So whatever this was, probably would be totally on the das of the mother, not totally on the das of the of the. When you uh, read totally, does he make another bracha? That's a good question. Probably if you say that it was a mira makvid, yeah, probably you should. It's always better to bring another clue, you know. Like if you have another clue, it's always, always better. A lot of times, big tzilas kelim thing that people don't know, big misconception. People think you don't make a bracha on glass. That's a big mistake. Glass, you're chayv in tzvila midrabanan. We make a bracha on mitzvah drabanan. We make a bracha on nerchanika and mikramagillah and all sorts of drabanans. It's not, you only don't make a bracha on tzvila when it's a suffix. Oh, oh, it's a glass is vadai. It's just vadai midrabanan. Although, although, Rav Shechter doesn't make a bracha, and I, I don't know how much tefillas kelim he does, but uh, but he doesn't make a bracha on tefillas kelim when the kli was produced by a uh, by a corporation. 
by a publicly traded company because he holds it. That's not called buying a kli from a guy. Because it's not a guy, it's a corporation. It's a different entity. Yeah. Why does no one bring from to the din is when you buy from a guy. So it's, you know. Also, if you buy from partnership to guy, and it's not like, where do you draw the line? Well, okay. A corporation is a separate entity, meaning no one's personally liable, and you know, right? A corporation doesn't even need to be publicly traded, right? Because publicly traded would be much harder to find, probably. But a corporation, and they're almost all corporations. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I think that's what he told me once. That's uh, an interesting just tidbit. Okay. So that was Shiloh number four. We're good on that. Next, what else? Number one. Oh, Shiloh number one. The kid with the iPad. Okay, so uh, a number of levels to the Shiloh. So what, what are the levels? Remember, this is the one with the special needs boy, and he took the backpack and he uh, threw it on the floor. So what, what are the issues here? Halachic issues. What are the topics that we need to talk about? Someone mentioned if the kid's a cherish or shota, right? So do we have to, where he'd be potter, one would imagine, from some Zikin. What? The school, maybe. Why, why would the school be liable? They don't weren't doing a good enough job watching over to make sure that people uh, didn't push the wrong buttons. Okay. He didn't even know that, that there was uh, that there was one in there. So to what extent is Adam Amazik? To what extent is Adam Amazik going to be chayiv when he had no way of knowing, no clue of what was going on? Okay, you brought your iPad to Rosh Hashanah where, uh, where things could happen to it. Um, good. Does it make a difference if it's against the school rule or it's uh, uh, in accordance with school rules? In, in, in certain schools, if you bring the iPad into the school, they throw it in the fish tank. Um, the, in, 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 uh, there's a yeshiva, you know. They, have, uh, they had to get a second fish tank because all the cell phone batteries were killing the fish. So they had to get a, they have one fish tank. You know, they have one fish tank for the cell phones and another fish tank for the fish. So beautiful fish tank. The fish one is a beautiful fish tank. But uh, but that's that's what they do. And and you know what? It works. <laughs> the kid brings their, their they, they take away their other iPhone and, they, and the kids know that if you bring it to school and you get caught, it gets thrown in the fish tank. And then their parents buy them a new iPhone the next day. <laughs> so, but but in, in other schools, if you bring your iPad to school, they encourage you and they uh, they say that's fantastic, that's great, this is the next generation of learning, and this is how learning is done, and whatever. They what they give you an iPad, they give you an iPad. Yeah, in uh, the school where yeah, your daughter goes and where my son goes. Yeah, yeah. So they <laughs> they, they, they give you they give you an iPad. So um, give you pay <laughs> give. <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 might that make a difference? So, what, what's that luck over here? So, in terms of, uh, let's deal with first things first. Um, oh, and then, how much do you pay? How do you evaluate the, the Nezek? I think that's the key over here, because everyone's going to look at this Shaila and say, Hashtas, what you said, Adam Wadi Olam, Bein it doesn't make a difference. An Adam Mazik is always going to be Chayim. 
So most people look at the child and say, he's chayv, of course he's chayv. But everyone's also going to look at the child and say, no, the chayv, the kid's a special needs kid. He, he, he didn't mean any harm by it. He's a sweetie pie. He doesn't, uh, you know, he's, he's doing so well. He made it through four years of uh, high school in Rome high school. He's like a hero. And like, we're going to make him pay for, you know, it's like, we want to come up with a kula. We don't, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be mechayv him uh, too much. Um, so how much? How much does he have to pay? I think that's where we're going to find the most, uh, most, most room for kula. So uh, first on the shota issue, I think it's a no-brainer. He is not a shota. Um, not only is he not a shota, he's not a chevish, which is a bigger chevish. Uh, because a shota is a, most of the time, when you, when you have a, a developmentally disabled person, uh, the, the, the question you have to ask yourself is not, are they a shota? Usually the question you have to ask yourself is, are they a chevish? A shota is a person who's deranged, a person who's uh, psychotic. Who, uh, you know, the shota they, they talk about, the post can talk about the guy who's a shota who runs around naked and who believes he's Mashiach and who, uh, you know, just has like these psychotic uh, visions. And uh, that there's right, that was the Shiloh, they have a, ca- case of a, a case of a guy who's a shota who used to walk around in Marsham, and others have the chuva about the guy who used to walk around uh, telling everyone that he was Mashiach and he would go and he would steal things from people and climb up a tree and say, I'm not giving it back to you, admit that I'm Mashiach. But other than that, he was normal. He had a normal job, and he had a normal... <laughs> that is really normal. So when you're a shotel davrech, does that make you a shotel chaldavar? So that's a very interesting discussion. Does, a shotel, does having one shtus, it's a pretty big one, but does having one shtus make you a shotel? Shakti used to say that... Uh, that uh, what did he say? He said that... Um, he used to say that 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 uh, that, that, that a it, to, to have a mishagas just means you're normal. Every every normal person has a mishagas here and a mishagas there. A mishugana is someone who goes around collecting everyone else's mishagas. <laughs> you know, he makes that all <laughs> part of his personality. That's what he used to say that like about certain uh, you know poskin. You know, every posik has their own mishagas, their own thing that's you know yotzim in a in a cloud that's so totally different than everybody else. But the one guy that's going to go around collecting everyone's mishagas and every kula that everyone ever said and every whatever, every crazy thing that everyone ever said and make that his shita because it exists. So that's a mishagana. That's, uh, that's not uh, mishagas. That's a mishagana already. So, uh, so shota is definitely not. Cherish is a more interesting issue. Cherish, well, what's a cherish? So we all often translate it as deaf mute. Why a deaf mute? What is a deaf mute? What does that have to do with his das? A deaf mute. He can't learn. He can't be educated. You can't teach him. There's no way for him to function if he's deaf. Nowadays, there are ways that uh, that they, they that, that people can be educated. So for us, truth is about the school for haroshim. So now, can we say that uh, that he's a bardas and they should have a different status? But leaving aside that issue of people who actually can be educated and are sophisticated, they could have PhDs and everything else. You know, what about the, the, the opposite? Someone who's not a deaf mute but can't function normally and can't learn to a normal uh, to a normal level. So where do you draw the line? Like, is there like some sort of IQ line that you would draw in terms of what would be considered a cherish, what's not? Yeah. What, 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 say again? I forgot exactly. I think it was the blind people, the deaf people that were in Rebbe's neighborhood and they, were, they learned all of Shah's Sephrasa uh, free, all I learned. And so the, it can't be talking about learning, it has to be talking about teaching. So this kid in the school, you know, Khersh has to be talking about teaching, they can't teach. Not, but they can't right. Learn. So if he can't learn, then. I think it means he can't function, that he can't function in, in, in society. 
Because he can't communicate, he can't. Yeah, he may have a lot going on in his head, but he's he never has a chance to properly develop because he can't function in society. I think that's the assumption. Um, so I once asked Rishachter about this because uh, there was uh, there were two two cases of uh, of, of, of children with uh, developmental disabilities who were, you know, there's so many. The spectrum is so so big, and you know, there's so many there's so many areas of gray, so many shades of gray. You know, these were boys who were. Um, like uh, Judge Butler once, you know who Judge Butler is? Danny Butler. Yeah. Ernie Butler's dad, right? So he was explaining. He, he likes to, to to describe when he describes, you know, his children. He describes the, the different situations. So he said, and then there's one. You know, he first he describes his daughter, who's uh, he says is the most beautiful girl in the world, and his uh, and brilliant, and his son, who's brilliant, who Take is brilliant, who I know very well. That was my shul. Take is brilliant, and is whatever. And then he starts describing, you know, how everyone's on a different madrega, and he just, you know, describes what it would. Be. Then he describes, and then there's that one that you. Th- I remember he said this in my shul because uh, the gabbai asked asked one of his sons to do the haftorah, and and he was able to do the haftorah, but like it was obvious when he was doing the haftorah that it wasn't. He's like, then there's that one that everything looks exactly normal. He looks like he's he's, he's mom is just regular until you ask him to do the haftorah. You know, then, then you see that it's not quite exact. So, like, where do you draw the line? Is that, is that so? A kid holds a holds a job at a at a, at a at a pizza shop, and he's able to to show up every day on time, and to you know take money and give back the right change, and to talk to people. So you can say that that's a cherish. So I, I had a situation where there were kids that were weren't able to function in a regular school, but they were able to function in many many ways. So I asked Rav Shachter, where do we draw the line? How do you draw the line? He said, if the kid knows, if the, if the person knows, not kid, if the person knows to put on a coat in the wintertime because he's cold and to you know, dress a little cooler in the summertime and to eat when he's hungry and to wash himself, you know, basic, uh, just basically take care of himself. So generally speaking, uh, you're, not, you're not dealing with the cherish. So that's, that's, that's what he thought. Because I was asking if the kid can lay Kid can lane to be. He said, if he can lane, he can, <laughs> then, you know, then he could probably lane. You know, if he's able, if he's able to do it, then, then he can. Then, then he would not be. So this, this boy is not cheirish. He's not cheirish. So what, what, what is the issue? So the issue, I think, is an issue of just how much, how much he's other yeah, modliolam. He's a regular, considered a bardas la halacha. Is bichay for any nezik that he does. So the, the issue becomes how do you uh, def- how do you how do you uh, judge what he pays. So the halach is very clear on this issue. Um, you know, what do you think? Well, what, do you, what does he pay? How much does an iPad cost? I have no idea, actually. How much does an iPad cost? Five hundred dollars for a new iPad? It depends. Thirty-two gig with the, okay, which one? Two, three, whatever. I don't know what we're up to now. Air? I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. So okay. So let's say the iPad costs a brand. Let's say this this is uh, in the school in the five towns. So probably this was uh, what's the most expensive iPad? Eight hundred dollars. So let's say this was an eight hundred dollar iPad, and now now the screen is all cracked and all broken, and it doesn't doesn't even work anymore. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Right? Because when you break the screen, my son has an iPad, and on his broken screen in a thousand places, somehow it still works. He has to, he has to, when he's typing in the code, he has to hold it this way to type in one number, that way to type in <laughs> What? Oh, so you, you, that, good. So you could just fix the screen potentially. So, so, what's the, so what does he pay? Do you just pay to fix the screen? What? Let's say they could fix the screen. Would you just pay to fix the screen? 
So here's the problem with that. When, when you fix the screen, a lot of people will swear to you that it's not the same. <laughs> Where do you get it fixed? The the Apple Store will. will, will do it? Yeah. How much they charge fixed screen? And it works just the same. Okay, interesting. I don't think that's Allah. I don't think you pay to fix it. I think you pay for something else. <laughs> I think the Allah is not that you pay to 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 do the repair. I think the Allah is. So I, I think I think it's it's simpler. What would a person pay for the iPad before it was broken, and what would a person pay for it as is? That's it. The difference between that and that. That's the halacha. When you damage someone's property, if you totally destroyed it, where it's it's absolutely worth nothing, so you pay for the entire value of what it was. But you have something that you've you've down you you've damaged it in a way where it's not worth what it used to be worth. What would a person pay now? What would a person pay for? Doesn't mean a brand new iPad. This kid. Uh, let's say he was a 12th grader, so uh, he probably got the iPad for his bar mitzvah, you know, four years ago. So what would a person pay for a four-year-old iPad? So yeah, that would be yeah, a lot less. You'd have to go on eBay, Craigslist, right? Something like that. But nobody's selling broken iPads. No, but they said it's No, I think someone some would pay something for it, not a lot, and then fix the screen. You know, someone will say, you know, it's worth it for me. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the, the, the iStore, the Apple Store, and fix the screen. I don't mind. So someone will pay something for it. 50 bucks. I don't know. Somebody, what if you have a warranty? What? Uh, in general, that's always a shadow when there's insurance that's yeah, going to cover it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so if that's... If that's uh, um, so if he has that that there, then I don't see why there would be any deal. You know. It's time, time. So let time it, so so let's imagine money, pay that that amount of money. But but it's not like with car insurance, it's a much more complicated situation because if you make me use my insurance, then then my insurance is going to go up. But with Apple insurance, it doesn't. No. It's I mean, not going to change. Time. So it's just a matter of him paying for for what it was. So whoever buys it, whoever buys it, will take that. Will take that into the chesed. Now, you, so you can say, oh, but now this guy, to, for the two weeks till uh, he can get a new one, he's gonna have to borrow an iPad because, like, he can't, he can't live without an iPad. He's like, how are you supposed to live? So he's he's gonna have to he's gonna have to borrow one, and he's gonna have to. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a big a big tircha for him. He's gonna have to go to this, you know, figure out what he wants exactly. It's gonna be a big tircha. It's gonna be more time than he wants. Does he get reimbursed for that? And this relates to the other show that we asked. The woman wants to be reimbursed for the car accident that she had to... It was such an annoying hassle to be to she deal with it. She didn't want to be reimbursed when it was $1,700. It's only now that she has to give it back. That yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so is there such a din of sheves by Nazikin that's not on a human being? That for the downtime, the time that you weren't able to use the things that you wanted to use... Yeah. Do you have to pay for a car rental? Well, let me ask better. Let's say you're a lawyer. You charge a thousand dollars an hour. And because you have to deal with it, you can hourly work. Ah, so if if you you your person was damaged, meaning you were physically damaged, so there is a din of Shabbos. But the halacha is there's no halacha anywhere in Shas Shulchan Aruch of Shabbos of an item. So even though there are annoying things, there are hassles, and it's going to take up your time. Um, but that's that's just it should be a kapara. 
and it's, you know, but that but that's gonna it's gonna take up your time. That's there is no din of sheves of of an item as as far as I know. Now, it, when when you're dealing with uh, with so let's go back to that case of the of the car rental. The woman says, you know, yeah, had I gone through insurance, your insurance company would have covered my, my car rental, right? Would have given me money toward a car rental. Now I didn't go through your insurance, so uh, you know, and 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 I happen to have not rented a car, but maybe I should be able to collect the money that I was entitled to for the for the car rental because your insurance company would have given it to me. I did you the favor of not going through insurance. So you really have to figure out what the insurance company would have done. If the insurance company would have said, we have a deal with uh, whatever, with the car rental place, you go there, just sign a thing, and we'll cover it. But they're not giving you any check. They're not sending you $25 a day or $35 a day, whatever it costs. So then she has no taina, because then it's just the inconvenience that she borrowed a car, but she didn't actually rent a car. There was no actual cost. But if the insurance company would have given her, would have given her the money directly, so she has a right to say, they would have given me, I did you a favor by not going to the insurance company. I had every right to go to the insurance company. I chose not to because you asked me not to. And our agreement was therefore that you're going to do for me whatever the insurance company would have done for me. That's, I think, the assumed agreement when he says, let's please not go to the insurance. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it probably means I'm not going to make you lose by not going through insurance. So if the insurance company would have written her a check, then this guy is going to have to write her a check for whatever the insurance company would have written. That's what I would assume is the... That's literally a loss. That's just a profit. I mean, she could borrow her friend's car. So she's not, it's, it's her choice to go rent that car. But if the insurance company would have given her money anyway, even if she would have borrowed the friend's car, that's money that she's leaving on the table by not calling the insurance company. And that's considered a, 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 an agreement. In, in all of these things, whenever you do the Didi Mominus, let, let's say a teacher confiscating property in the first place. Why is a teacher allowed to, you know, the case where the teacher took away the home, bringing all, all the cases in. Why is a teacher allowed to do that? It's stealing. You're not allowed to steal things. It's a school rule. So what? It's a school rule. It's a school rule that you're allowed to eat a ham sandwich. So that's it. We're allowed to have ham sandwiches for uh, lunch now. The kids bring out that. Ah, the kids bring out that. They're masking to it. They're masking to it. They know that if I go to this yeshiva and I bring my phone, my phone goes in the fish tank. And they know that if I go to this yeshiva and I bring my phone, it goes in the teacher's drawer. And they know if I go to this yeshiva, they know. And they, they sign a handbook. There's a student handbook that they have to sign. But even if they don't sign an actual handbook, they just know what the school rules are. And the school rules are made clear to begin with. So you could be masking that you're giving up the rights to that money. A person is absolutely allowed to, to be masking to such a thing. That's what Tosas writes in Babasud of Chesam and Beis. You know the Gemara, Babasud Chesam and Beis, the Gemara says that, what was it? Rava forced, I think it was uh, Rav Nassim or someone, to, uh, to give tzedakah. He forced him to give tzedakah. So Fractisus, wait a second, it's a Gemara in Chulin that kol matan whenever you have a mitzvah say that the Torah tells you the schar of the mitzvah right next to it, that Bezah Shalmata is not allowed to force you to do the mitzvah. So how is Rava allowed to force Tzedakah is a mitzvah shemat and schar b'tzida. So how is uh, Rava allowed to force to give tzedakah? So Tosus has four answers. One of those four answers is that we're assuming that you're moving into a community where there's an assessment of tzedakah and they assess each family has to give this percentage or this amount or whatever it is. And by moving in, you're maskim to that. So it's true. They normally can't force you to do a mitzvah. But once you're maskim, Adini Mominus, 
Askama and Dinamam is everything. That's a mechila. That's, a, that's something that you agree to. And when there's an agreement, so then you you have to abide by that uh, by that agreement. Okay, we'll stop here. Have a good Shabbos. I apologize again for not being as prepared as usual. Have a great Shabbos.